The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon on the Talk Star Radio Network. This is truly a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. And then the show is repeated in its entirety from 2 a.m. until 6 a.m. Eastern on the Talk Star Radio Network. If you'd like to give us a call, our toll-free number is one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address is xzone at xzoneradio.com. Our websites, www.xzoneradio.com and xzonetv.com. On tonight's show, Gail Martin will be joining me in a few minutes. We're going to be talking about the the Chronicles of the Necromancer. She's got a new uh, book out in the series. It's called Dark Haven. Lisette Larkin joins us in hour number three, talking about extraterrestrials. Hour number three, Dr. Christian Von Lohr and Christopher Valentine join us to talk about leprechauns. And in hour number four, Rabia Erduman joins us to talk about veils of separation, finding the face of of oneness. That's tonight, right here on the Talk Star Radio Network in the X Zone. My producer tonight at Master Control is the one and only Miss Melanie. Mel, nice working with you again. And our chat room moderator at X Zone TV is Rob from Scarborough. Rob, nice working with you too, and I'm glad to hear that everything is back up and running at XZoneTV.com. Today is St. Patrick's Day. It is March the 17th, and St. Patrick died on this date in the year 461. On this date in 1776, British forces evacuated Boston. In 1898, the very first successful submarine was designed. And the Campfire Girls were created on this date in 1910. And according to sources, they're still in mint condition. Uh, Today is, as I said, St. Patrick's Day. And with the excessive amount of green today, you know, I just can't resist uh, the excessive feelings of feeling green tomorrow. Get it? Drinking turns you green from drinking all the green beer? Okay. Bill Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins is 42 today. Kurt Russell turns 58. And uh, ironic that a nice Irish guy like Patrick Duffy would be born on St. Patrick's Day. He turns the big 6-0 today. And St. Patrick's Day, well, the anniversary of the death of St. Patrick, who, according to legend, drove all the snakes out of Ireland. The real truth about that is... There were never any snakes in Ireland, except some of the people that lived there, that is. But there were never any snakes, so of course he drove all the snakes out of Ireland. Actually, they were talking about the Celts when they said that they drove all the snakes out of Ireland. So there you go, a bit of X-Zone trivia. 
When I come back in two minutes from this commercial break, I'll be joined by Gail Martin. And Gail's been on the show before. It'll be nice to talk to her tonight on St. Patrick's Day here in the Exxon, a place where truly people dare to believe. And you can even believe in leprechauns because you never know when one's going to pop up and say hello around here. And it's a place where people dare to believe. one 877 is toll free. And I will be back in two minutes' time as the Exxon commences for tonight. Tuesday, March the 17th, St. Patrick's Day in the year 2009. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon, live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? Join me, Tim Bartley, co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net for listeners on both sides of the veil. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network, one 877 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one 
888-528-8255. My first guest tonight is Gail Martin. She is the author of The Summoner, The Blood King, and Dark Haven in the Chronicles of the Necromancer series. Book four, Dark Ladies Chosen, makes its international debut in December of 2009. And for book updates, tour information, and contact information, you can always visit her website at www.chroniclesofthenecromancer.com. Gail discovered her passion for science fiction, fantasy, and ghost stories in elementary school. The first story she wrote at age five was about a vampire. Her favorite TV show as a preschooler was Dark Shadows. At age 14, she decided to become a writer. Now, she enjoys attending science fiction fantasy conventions, renaissance fairs, and living history sites. She is married, has three children, and a Himalayan cat, and a golden retriever. And Gail Martin, welcome back to the Exxon. How are you, Gail? Well, I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? Any better, and I just couldn't take it. <laughs> well, that's a great way to be. Yeah, it is. Uh, tell me, uh, congratulations on your new book that's coming out in December, first thank one. Thank you. And uh, how many books do you plan to write in the Chronicles of Necromancer series? As many as I can. I have uh, a lot of stories to tell in the world of the Winter Kingdoms, and I spend a lot of mental time there, so it's a fascinating place, and I just want to share it with the readers. Now, uh, what do you think is different about your series compared to, let's say, um, other epic fantasies? Well, a lot of epic fantasies, especially if you're talking about high fantasy, mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings kind of fantasy, involves elves, dwarves, trolls, giants. I don't have any of those kind of mythic creatures. None? None. Zip? But, nope, zip. Mm. No elves, no trolls, no dwarves, no giants, none of that. But what I do have is... Do you have a, a donkey? Pardon? Do you have a donkey? <laughs> Not one that talks. <laughs> <laughs> but what I do have are vampires and werewolves and uh, quite a bit of dark magic mm-hmm. in a uh, quasi-medieval fantasy setting. So, it you know, the magic certainly is a, a frequent element in high fantasy, mm-hmm. but vampires and werewolves a lot less frequently, and that makes it a lot of fun. Uh, how much do you draw from the real paranormal sources for your books, like real magic, psychics, and, and you know the rest of the realm? Uh, quite a bit. I have a pretty eclectic bookshelf. Uh, I read pretty widely uh, just so that I can treat the subject with respect and have a consistent system that I've built. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my magical system in the Chronicles of the Necromancer isn't trying to adhere to any real-world system, but at the same time, there are elements and perspectives that have evolved in the real-world systems over thousands of years that help practitioners understand how the pieces come together. And so it's best to understand those kinds of things before you go and create your own system for the fantasy setting. Where did you ever get the title, Chronicles of the Necromancer? Well, I, um, I really look at the books almost as if they're a retelling of the history of the Winter Kingdoms. And so if you were going to have a medieval chronicler telling your story with a little bit of added flair and dash, you would, if he's talking about the exploits of a summoner king, end up with the Chronicles of the Necromancer. In fact, there's there's a little in-joke in 
uh, in the summoner where they meet a guy who is a chronicle and a, a librarian, and he kind of becomes a, a, a follower, a hangers-on. And at one point, my main character, Chris the summoner, notices that the guy's carrying around his his parchment and pen, and he says, what are you doing? He said, oh, this is just too good to, to miss. I've got to get all of this down. I'm calling it the Chronicles of the Necromancer. Kind of catchy, don't you think? So it's a little hidden in joke in there. Um, what other sources do you draw from uh, to create your world of Winter Kingdom besides the paranormal? Well, I had a history degree uh, under undergraduate and specialized in anything I could, medieval and European, mm-hmm. and that fascination has continued throughout the series. Uh, I draw on a lot of myth and legend and archetype and read a lot of legend and oral retellings of real ghost stories uh, and folklore from around the world. And I find that there are a lot of commonalities in those tales that span the entire world, that span time periods, that span continents. And those are the points of intersection that really fascinate me because if there is some kind of archetype that pops up in in every world culture across time and geography, then it's speaking to something really deep inside the human consciousness. And, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's, there's a good story there. Now, you've had a lifelong fascination with ghosts and vampires. Uh, would you be able to explain what you mean and how it's affected in your books? Well, you know, as, as I had given you in, in my bio, mm-hmm. I have loved vampires since I was a preschooler, and for some strange reason, my mom let me watch Dark Shadows. (laughs) But one of the first books that I really remember reading until the cover fell off was a compilation of regional ghost stories from the uh, Adirondack Mountain region in New York, where we vacationed frequently when I was a kid. I read that book literally until the binding fell apart. And I've always, since then, had a weakness for stories of real people's experiences with things that they couldn't explain and stories of things that just don't fit in the boxes that we want to make for reality. I've always found them fascinating and uh, was always willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, your your book tour this year takes you up and down the East Coast and and even to England. Now, what's it like touring uh, for a book like this? It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's not a full-time tour, so it's mostly weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as the books have come out, it's expanded from a few weekends to more weekends to an awful lot of weekends. But, um, you know, I love being in bookstores. I love being at Renaissance festivals and science fiction conventions. Uh, they're a lot of fun even when I'm not there for work, and they're still fun when I am. It's usually a good place to find some interesting conversations. Oh, big time. Oh, big time. Yeah. And, um, you know, you do enough conventions and festivals, you get to know some of the regulars, mm-hmm. either the participants who are some of the entertainers at the Renaissance Festivals or other authors and dedicated fans who show up at several conventions a year. Um, I've also tried doing the week in a car going three states, 12 bookstores oh. and a convention. <laughs> That must be horrible. That was pretty exhausting. That was really? about 1,600 miles, not counting the air travel up and back. 
And even though I was on home turf in Pennsylvania and Ohio and West Virginia, um, it, w- it was exhausting, and so I've learned to spread it out a little bit since then. But, you know, it, it's the lure of the unknown. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know what conversation is going to come up. And there's always something pretty fascinating. What does uh, Hubby and the three children think of Mom being a successful author? They're they're pretty happy about it. They get to come to some of the conventions with me. Uh, Dragon Con is always a family affair, and they uh, they enjoy the genre, so they're all for it. Uh, at some point, my you know kids will get to the age where they realize that not everybody's books are signed to mommy from the author. <laughs> but I bring home a lot of books from my other friends, and uh, you know it's an occupational hazard if you're a reader hanging out this much in bookstores because the real the real challenge there is to sell more books than you find that you need to buy and bring home with you so uh... they're they're very much uh... in favor of it which is a big help why do you think this genre the world of fantasy magic and mysticism has has held the public's attention for so long well i think there's always something that we can't quite explain and even with science and, and even with all our satellites and our uh, sonars and our radars that see inside of things, there's still things that don't quite fit between the lines. And human beings have to have an explanation, so they'll invent one. They'll come up with one. They'll fill in the gaps as best they can. And, and, we're, ta- and we're talking more than just the, the, the politicians in Ottawa <laughs> and, and in Washington, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. they're they're creative on filling in the gaps too. Oh, yeah, they ever. <laughs> Not to mention the big car industries. They they did a pretty good job with that as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, but you know, and I'm not talking intentional falsehoods. <laughs> 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 I'm talking about creative explanation. Uh, mankind has always wanted to know how things That's work, right. and especially if it's the things that go bump in the night, you feel a lot better if you have some idea rather than just saying i have no idea what that was but it sounded big and hungry Hmm. well that's better than saying i don't have any idea who that is (laughs) who that is or what it is yeah listen you and i have to take a commercial break with the news gail please stand by it's great having you with us and uh, congratulations on your success you well deserve it oh thank you Gail Martin's our special guest. She is the author of The Summoner, The Blood King, and Dark Haven in the uh, Chronicles of the Necromancer series. Her book number four, Dark Ladies Chosen, is going to be making its international debut in December of 2009. Her website, www.chroniclesofthenecromancer.com. That's Chronicles of the N-E-C-R-O-M-A-N-C-E-R.com. Gail will be back with me when I come back from the news on the other side of this break. If you'd like to give us a call and ask Gail any questions, one 877 is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. And this is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network. You can always chat with me using MSN Messenger at talkstarradio at hotmail.com. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon, live and around the world from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. On the Talk Star Radio Network. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, 
and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone. It is St. Patrick's Day, March the 17th, and happy St. Patrick's Day to one and all. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is our toll free number, and my email address is xzone at xzoneradio dot com or xzone at talkstarradio dot com. My guest is Gail Martin. She's the author of The Summoner, The Blood King, and Dark Haven in the Chronicles of the Necromancer series, and her fourth book, Dark Ladies Chosen, makes its international debut in December of 2009. Gail, have you ever run into a negative reaction from someone about the kinds of subjects you write about, and and if so, how do you handle it? Well, fortunately, not too often. You know, when I do bookstore signings, Mm -hmm. I generally am at the front of the store, and I encounter people as they come in and get them interested in the book, and I can tell just by the way their pupils dilate whether or not I've got a fantasy reader or not. As soon as I say the word fantasy, some people, you know, Start closing off other people. You can see the interest in their face right then. Every now and again, you know, I do get, I have had a couple of odd reactions from people who kind of backed away and crossed their fingers at me. I, maybe they confused fantasy writer with vampire. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> had a, you know, a few condescending religious comments, but fortunately very few. And, and I guess I have always been curious if, um, you know, if my book was the subject of, of magic and necromancy, got that kind of a reaction, whether they also carefully bypassed all books in the store that dealt with, say, you know, murder, sure. adultery, fornication. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I just like to see that they're consistent. But <laughs> you, you got to laugh. I mean, people are funny. It was, you, the crossed fingers did sort of make me wonder because it was daylight out. I mean, well, it's, it's, when they, it's when they start, you know, coming at you with the crucifix and and the garlic. Then you've got a problem, I guess. Well, yeah, I haven't had that so far. Like I said, it's it's really been very rare. But you you have to laugh. What else are you going to do? You know, I remember going to a um, a UFO convention here in Toronto uh, near the airport at the um, big center, the convention center that they have there. And this uh, this gentleman came over with a roll of tin foil and gave me some to put it over my head so that the aliens couldn't impregnate my head. <laughs> <sighs> oh well, you know, <laughs> Reynolds rep has a million uses. Yes, yes. Not all of them are here on this planet. Uh, what was your most unusual moment at a convention? Well, I, you know, I actually find conventions to be pretty normal places. What I love is the chance to 
sit up late and have those kind of great conversations that you usually don't get once you're out of college, you yep. know, the kind that just spring up spontaneously at, say, 2 in the morning, <laughs> but tend to fade away after you enter the, the real world, and you have to um, come back into some special circumstances to get them. Yeah, because when you start a conversation at 2 o'clock in the morning, now it's, Shani, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> So, or, or it starts with, Mommy, I don't feel good. <laughs> Which, you know, usually means you've got to. Or, or how about this one? Up. The dog's got to go out. Yeah. So, yeah, so after, after you get out of college, those, those two o'clock in the morning conversations yeah. aren't nearly as much fun. And that's really one of the things I love about doing conventions is the, uh, the chance to just sit around and talk with a lot of other people who have read the same book, yep. seen the same movie, and get the same joke. Yeah, you know, it's nice to talk to people who are all on the same wavelength. Well, you know, it's it's nice because science fiction, fantasy, you know, it's been moving more mainstream, I think you could argue, recently than it was in prior years. But, you know, there's still plenty of places where you might think twice before you admit that that's actually your passion. People do still look at you sideways sometimes for it. Except at the conventions where you can, you know, say you it can, loud and proud. That's and right. You can be yourself. Very open about it, which is wonderful. Exactly. one 877 toll free. My special guest is the one and only Gail Martin. She's the author of The Summoner, The Blood King, and Dark Haven and the Chronicles of the Necromancer series. Um, so... What do you do to chill out? Do you watch TV? Do you watch the paranormal movies? Or what do you do? <laughs> well, if the kids aren't around, or at least my youngest isn't around, I may actually tune into some of the things on History Channel yeah. or uh, you know Discovery Channel that deal with ghosts and hauntings and historical um, paranormal situations. Um, I tend to find a lot of inspiration in History Channel and Science Channel on historical battles and machines of war and all of that, you, you never know when understanding the inner workings of a trebuchet is really going to come in handy in my business. Then um, you know, I'll admit that uh, when my, my youngest, who's nine, is, is up and around, most of the time we tune into something like Mythbusters or uh, How It's Made. Or, oh, I love How It's Made. Oh, I, I love How It's Made. Yeah. I love Mythbusters, too. I mean, they, they take apart all the stuff you see on TV and explain whether or not it would really work. Um, so that's that's what I tune into something like Unwrapped or how it's made. That mm-hmm. um, it's entertaining without taking a whole lot of uh, concentration. Plus, I'm, it's also I'm educational. Not much into plot line at that time. <laughs> you see, what happens after I go off air here? I have to do a whole bunch of of work, and then I, there are, there are shows that I've got to edit and put up on iTunes and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. And between two and three in the morning, NCIS is on. And I love that show. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then there's an hour of MASH. And then, <laughs> you know, so by the time I get to bed at five thirty, six o'clock, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I do to relax. I understand completely. My very first paying job ever was as a graveyard shift DJ. Really? Oh, yes. So, so I you know have what done like. the midnight to six shift on radio. Oh gosh, yeah, it's it's not too bad when you're doing a talk show. But I remember when I did a, a a music DJ job, you know, and back then it was the old cart machines, mm-hmm. and you had to queue up all the carts, and you'd have to hit the right button at the right time, and come six o'clock in the morning or five thirty. That's my gray time. 
Well, there were times when I've actually missed the wrong button and <laughs> fired the wrong thing. It was actual LPs and carts, and yes, yeah. I was a music DJ, and I was amazed to find out how many people I knew either didn't sleep or were still up. So, But the nice part about doing that job was I used to have a contest every morning at 3 o'clock, mm-hmm. and I'd say, all right, for the first pizza company that brings us a pizza... <laughs> We'll play your favorite song. You know, you, I, I, I eat for nothing for, what, two years? <laughs> that works. That yeah, works. Sure does, now, yeah. we were locked in the inner sanctum of a shopping mall, so oh. I'm not sure how we would have gotten that yeah. pizza. Food for thought. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so uh, what do you think about all the different uh, paranormal shows that are on TV now? You know, I'm fascinated with the trend because it really has moved all of these things much more mainstream. Uh, from the you know crossing over shows to the um, to the shows that have a uh, main character that's a psychic or a paranormal investigator, yeah. uh, I think it's bringing the whole subject into a broader exposure. And any time that happens, it's good for the genre because it makes it. Um, more familiar and mm-hmm. therefore less geekish, and people are more likely to pick it up and try it. Uh, and I think you've seen the explosion of paranormal romance uh, and uh, title, you know, authors like Sherilyn Kenyon. Yes. And, you know, when you move into mm-hmm. that realm of um, bestseller, you've got an awful lot of people who have got, yes, it's got one foot in, in the romance genre, but you're talking magic and vampires and all kinds of paranormal creatures, it doesn't take much to have somebody wander one more aisle over to those of us in sci-fi and fantasy and go, hmm, I wonder if this is like that, and, and try something new. It always amazes me how they are able to edit a four-hour, five-hour, six-hour investigation into 22 minutes. They do such a good job of that. Well, they do, and everybody yeah. is very helpful in leaving all kinds of trace evidence, and, mm-hmm. and nobody ever goes down a blind alley or uh, hits a dead end. It's, it's amazing <laughs> how efficient they can be. Oh, I thought I was the only critic out there. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm not huge on crime dramas, but I have to say I have enjoyed the couple of episodes of uh, Fringe that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And again, hey, it's got the paranormal element. I'm nothing if not consistent. Uh, but that's been pretty interesting. Now, you've often said being dead doesn't make you a bad person. Now, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, you know, if you think about a lot of the movies that we've grown up on, whether it's Day of the Dead or, or Night of the Living Dead or, or Shaun of the Dead, you know, uh-huh. whatever you've got, the idea is that all of a sudden, if you're brought, if you're awakened from the dead, then you become this this flesh-eating monster. Well, you know, my supposition is that if you weren't a flesh-eating monster before you died, you're probably not going to suddenly turn into one after you're dead. Yeah, but you see, you're logical. <laughs> but you know, if you were a good person before you died, and somebody reawakens you, or your spirit yeah. just doesn't find rest. I don't think you're suddenly going to turn into a ravening monster. On the other hand, if you were a lousy person before you died, you probably aren't going to improve on the other side. And what makes it challenging and fun for me as I build my world and create my characters mm-hmm. is that they've got a, a choice, whether they're a uh, Maru who are my vampires, or uh, the Virkin, who are my werewolves, or ghosts. If they have sentience, they have a choice, and they can decide whether they're dead or alive 
um, about the ethics of their action. And that makes it much more interesting to me than just the fact that, wham, you're a vampire, you must be bad. I think there's a lot of prejudice involved in that statement. <laughs> you, you, you know what makes me laugh? Whenever there's a, whenever the uh, vampire movies would come on, you know, they're always in Romania and they're always, they always talk like this, right? <laughs> Bram Stoker was Irish. Uh huh. Well, and, uh, you oh, know, I, I think I... He, he clued into the uh, Vlad Tepes story, yeah. which is a fascinating, just the mythology around dear old Vlad is. Vlad the Impaler, yeah. Vlad the Impaler, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of somebody who wasn't exactly cuddly before death and probably didn't improve on the other side, uh, but I, I'm sure that that played into his decision to set it in far off, you know, Romania. I guess he, that's where the expression "I'm going to stick it to" you came from. <laughs> well, he, he certainly was good at that. <laughs> that and all the other variations. Uh huh. Yeah. Excuse me. Can I buy children? That's whole Vegas. Blah. <laughs> Have you been tested for AIDS? Well, you, know, well, you know, somehow that just never seems to bother vampires. I, I guess, you know. <laughs> oh, I love how you and I can digress. <laughs> That's the fun of it. I know. It's those late-night conversations I, I was talking about. You know, I have, a, I have a friend in Montreal who says, you know, you're here for a good time, not for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then he pauses and he says, this time. But maybe you'll get it right next time. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to be said for that oh, point of view. Oh, yes, there is. There certainly is. Well, and that's one of the things I enjoy playing with as I get to know the vampire characters better in my series, and there are a number who have become gradually more and more significant characters, is how would you change mm-hmm. over 200, 300, 400 years? What would cease to be important to exactly. you anymore? How many things that we stress out about just wouldn't, matter. Mm-hmm. Even some of the things in the political, financial realm, if you know you're out going to you're going to outlive all of it, would you really lose any sleep over it because it will all be gone and you'll still be here and it's it's really got to change your whole perspective mm-hmm. on everything around you. Well, it certainly it certainly would. You know, it's just it's the just like the exact opposite when people find out that God bless them they have a terminal disease. And that they mm-hmm. only have so long to live. Mm-hmm. You know, that song by Tim McGraw. Mm-hmm. You know, live it, like it, you were dying. Right. You know, it, it says it all. But how many things that, you know, we're really willing to go to the mat about, we, we get hot and, you know, bothered and froth at the mouth over, mm-hmm. and yet we even know in a moment of sanity, five years from now, nobody will even be able to remember the headline. Now multiply that by a lifespan in the hundreds of years, and how much would change? I had a chance to be a guest blogger on John Marco's blog back in November and just kind of got an opportunity to riff on, you know, how would it affect religion? How would it affect politics? How would it affect all these other relationships if you had a portion of the population that lived that long? Or that you could have somebody who could bring back the ghosts of significant people and say, now, Thomas Jefferson, tell us, when you wrote the Declaration of Independence, what did you really mean in that Second Amendment? Exactly. You know, were you thinking AK-47s, or did you really mean militia? (laughs) Or, besides that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the play? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, 
we make such a cottage industry of mm-hmm. reading into the past, and of course, you know, every generation has its its revisions. But what would happen if we could get the word straight from the people who were there? Our yeah. myth-making falls apart. No, well, it really wasn't that glamorous. Let me tell you right. what it was really like. Or if we were to ask the question, what would happen if the Bible was written today with what we knew about science, mm-hmm. physics, astronomy, and uh, philosophy? How different would the Bible be written? You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Please stand by, Gail. www.chroniclesofthenecromancer.com. That's chroniclesofthenecromancer.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break right here on Talkstar. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. How we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. And welcome back. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. My special guest this hour is Gail Martin. And Gail, thank you so much for coming on tonight. It's always great talking to you, and I wish you nothing but success. And the way you're going, geez, uh, when's then book number five coming out? Number six, number seven, <laughs> well, number eight, number nine. Book number three just came out in February, so I'm still really on the first cusp of that tour. Uh-huh. 
and uh, I'm turning in the manuscript for book four in about two weeks so that it'll be coming out toward the end of the year. And uh, and then I get about a month to catch my breath. Wow. And I start on book five. And oh. my, you know, been keeping it up at a book a year, and I hope to keep that pace going. So let's see, you're 23 now. <laughs> Slightly older than that. All right, 24. I'll oh, okay, I'll take that. So what else are you going to be doing besides, are you going to be going to any convention speaking, giving uh, giving lectures on how to be an author? Actually, uh, well, I've got a full convention schedule, and that, that stays updated on the homepage of my uh, Chronicles of the Necromancer website, but I'll be at RavenCon and Balticon and Con Carolinas and DragonCon, and then in uh, September I'll be at FantasyCon in Nottingham, England. You know what? That brings up a very interesting question. Hmm. If a leprechaun goes to prison does that mean he's really a leprechaun <laughs> well there you have it i think you, hear, you heard it here first that's right so con- once again congratulations um it's always great talking to you and if, if you had let's say one tidbit of advice to help any young author out there what would it be write the story you want to read and love it enough to stay with it until it comes true for you. Perseverance. Perseverance. That's that's the whole trick to writing is just stick with it and never give up. And never let anyone talk you out of your dream. Never, ever, ever. My dear friend, take care of yourself. Please drop by again and see us. You're always welcomed here in the X-Zone. Thank you very much and have a good evening. I will. And uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now. Bye-bye. Gail Martin has been our guest this hour, Exonation. She's the author of The Summoner, The Blood King, and Dark Haven in the Chronicles of Necromancer series. Uh, book number four, Dark Ladies Chosen, makes its international debut in December of 2009 for updates. Or to listen to her podcast, she's the host of the Ghost in the Machine Fantasy Podcast. Visit www.chroniclesofthenecromancer.com. That's www.chroniclesofthenecromancer.com. When I come back from this news break at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past, Lizette Larkins is going to be joining me. We're going to be talking about her conversations with extraterrestrials. That's here next on the X-Zone. After all, this is truly a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. That is 7 p.m. Pacific until 11 p.m. Pacific. I'll be back on the other side talking to Lisette Larkins about ETs as we continue on Talkstar.